Hello and welcome to another episode of Casting Views, a podcast hosted by myself, Dan and my nephew Lou, where each week we pick a topic and well, we cast views on it. Lou, before we get started, how's your day been? Well, my day's my day started actually to get a lot better since you got far got past the intro at last. <laughs> if we if we could put in how many takes you just had. <laughs> I've had I've had a pretty crappy day, right? I've I've feel sh- I'm shattered. I've had about two hours sleep last night, and just for <laughs> for people listening, I don't know if the the version that goes out will have this, but we've been recording for about a minute forty, and only about forty seconds of those is the actual episode. I wanted to change the intro, and basically, anyway, I was going to say remarkably we were going to start bang on time because Lou hasn't had his uh headset issues for the first five or three weeks i've got my mic set up and then i'm well anyway right i'm just gonna get straight into it i wanted to have a little chit chat but i'm annoyed now <laughs> the topic i want to talk this week right and, and i think it's gonna be a good one so initially i wanted to say to us let's keep it under an hour but we could potentially be here for three hours it's something that I almost don't care if you say you don't like it i think everyone at some point has watched it and has got a memory. I want to talk about wrestling. Ah, oh, wrestling. <laughs> yeah. So you and I, we, we'll we'll come on to it. But you and I, we've got some shared, obviously shared experiences of wrestling. Not of wrestling ourselves, but of wrestling the 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 event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we've been to a couple of events <laughs> yeah. and that sort of thing. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess you'd probably want to start with like your earliest memories of wrestling. I think that yours will probably be a little bit earlier than mine because I think you probably started getting into wrestling probably a generation or two before I was. So I guess what are your like earliest memories of wrestling? You see, I'm struggling to remember. Well, if I said earliest, it's going to actually be probably the British wrestling. So. Uh... Giant Haystacks and Big Daddy, do you remember? Heard of. Can't say I've ever watched, though. Yeah, it was very, as you can imagine, for for the 80s, well, it's probably sort of 70s and 80s, very low budget and basic. But, uh, you know, it, it, it did a job. But, you know, I think we're mainly going to be focusing on the wrestling from the States, right? Yeah, yeah, the American stuff because that was the that was the stuff of epic proportions. Yeah. That was, let's be honest. So if you weren't tuning in to WWE, <laughs> SmackDown and Raw on a on a Monday and on a, a well, hold on, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you there because for me it was WWF. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I guess <laughs> I might have just just caught initially the WWF period, and then it would have skipped to the WWE as I was a kid, I think, because I don't know when the switch actually happened. No, um, but sure. I guess it would have been like. Early two thousands, I think, is what it, when it would have happened. I would have been, pretty, and, and this certain. is the thing. And I was actually scratching my head, right, to think when I actually did start. So it would have been towards the late eighties, early nineties, because I think we got Sky Satellite at the time when it came to to the UK. I think we had that in eighty eight. So I'm sure okay. I can't remember now if if wrestling was on on TV before then. So it would be late eighties, early nineties. I think it's going to be the cliche, but it would have been Hulk Hogan. My, my, you know, the, the the memories of like the wrestlers I really liked at the time, and and I was actually talking to a friend at work today. It may be linked to a game I had on the Amiga. Why it was these three, but for me, it was Hulk Hogan, the Ultimate Warrior, and the British Bulldog. Ah, uh, Ultimate Warrior with his rope shaking. 
Yeah, yeah, and I've got to. I also have to throw in Macho Man Randy Savage uh, as as a fourth. I can't remember him being in this game. I had. Oh, hang on a minute. Was he the one that had that catchphrase? Where he was like, "Oh yeah, oh yeah." Yeah, Sorry, oh my god, about that generation I've as well. Offended, I've offended a whole load of people with that. I think he actually did a rap album. Yeah, yeah, you actually, you're actually right. Yeah. And and also, wasn't he in Spider Man, the Tobey Maguire one? I think he was one. Of, he was a wrestler. You know, when he's just starting out as Spider Man, and he goes to that wrestling, as like underground wrestling. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He I is actually. Opponent, that's a yeah. re- that's <laughs> a really good shout. That is. <laughs> I watched but it you know again. Well, like, wrestlers back then as well were more like in pop like in film and tv like they were more a part of like popular culture at the time as well like a lot of wrestlers were proper mainstream names as opposed to being like what i would now see as like a bit of a a kind of wrestling isn't just just isn't what it was i guess like everybody like i said used to watch wrestling even i've kind of tailed off nowadays i just it's just not got the same interest for me but but yeah like wrestlers back then were household names i think of my generation i remember goldberg being in a lot got him listed here he was in um, one one of the things that I most distinctly remember him being in was do you know the film Looney Tunes? Oh no, I'm not sure I've seen I've seen that one. Yeah, yeah, he was in the film Looney Tunes. It's like one of the generic do you know like in, in all of these like films from the like early to mid two thousand yeah, he needed generic bald evil man. <laughs> <laughs> He's been it I I can't name it, but it's one of those ones I remember we'll we'll be watching something and I'll say to the other half Oh, he's a wrestler. He was a wrestler, and it'll be Goldberg. You know, it'll be one one of them. They they just seem to be extras, like you said. If they need big muscle man, that's what I was going to say. I think for me, the appeal to it when I when I was younger was that it was something so over the top, so very American, so over the top, so not British. And yeah. you know, Hulk Hogan, for whatever he's been through recently in recent years, he was just that typical. You know, even his theme tune, and I'll come on to music and, and wrestling later. Oh, but God, yeah. When you saw him, he was, he just appeared to be like, kind of like the Captain America of the, the sports world. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But he was, he, he was. Like Hulk Hogan, when you think about it in that period of time, was a humongous celebrity name. Like the character, like he is, and this is the sad thing I think about wrestling nowadays, is like, you know, if, if you brought up, I mean, I couldn't name half of the, Raw or, or SmackDown rosters nowadays, not yeah. nowadays either. But people, even if you didn't watch wrestling, knew who Hulk Hogan was. You yeah. knew who Macho yes. Man was. You knew who all these all these wrestlers were, and that really goes to show, I think, maybe how good the product was back then. Mm. Well, it, and I, I mean, call it product because obviously, you know, you can say sport, and I get it; it is athletic, but it, it was more so a product because it's it, it, it's entertainment in it. That's well, we'll also it we'll also touch on that because I've got. I've got strong views about the whole debate about, you know, if, if it's, if you know, it's not real, it's real, not real thing. I say I have to agree with you. And if we look back, they, they were, they were household names. You're right. So even um, Andre the Giant, because yeah, he was yeah. in The Princess Bride, you know, Hulk Hogan was in Rocky 3. Uh, you know, obviously I'm a great, I, <laughs> yeah, I love yeah. the Rocky. He, he was on Rocky 3 and, uh, you know, and he was great in that. And it was that classic. It's almost like what that fulfilled as well was like the playground argument about uh, who would win, a boxer or a wrestler. Yeah. <laughs> it was that. Uh, yeah, Andre the Giant. I'm just trying to think. Uh, there, there, there must have been other kind of crossovers, but they didn't necessarily need to be publicised in other things because, you know, and, and, and I can reel off a load more wrestlers that, people would have known i mean the macho man randy randy savage absolutely would have been 
known. I think Jake the Snake. Oh, Jake the Snake, yeah. I've, I've had a list. Now, I know these will, will span 80s and 90s, but I, b- before I do that, what was your first marriage? You know what? It would have been, I used to wake up really early on a Saturday, um, and that's when they used to show the reruns of SmackDown. And so okay. I remember being really young. So this was probably when I was only like seven or eight. And that was my earliest memories of like watching wrestling on TV, for instance. So like my generation would have been like your Eddie Guerrero's, um, your the end of the Stone Cold era, your Canes, your Undertakers. That sort of period was kind of mine. Like Triple H would have been a big one. Yeah, Shawn Michaels. It was it was kind of after that whole like attitude era the 90s where it was all really like really out there um and the characters and the personalities were mad that would have been my earliest kind of like stars if you will that was my kind of generation of wrestler initially um i remember i think the wwe in the period that i watched it was its most controversial because you had characters and you had some wrestlers and i don't know if you want to go into like particular names straight away but there were there were some gimmicks is what they're called, obviously, for anybody yeah, yeah. who's not privy to wrestling terms. <laughs> Gimmicks is like the uh, the character or the persona that you put on. It's like your act almost. And there were some controversial ones. Do you ever remember Eugene? Yeah, we saw. Well, we saw him, didn't we, in London? We saw him. Yeah, I think it was Raw we went to see, wasn't it? It, it would have been because I remember Batista and thinking at the time, yeah, God, Kane, that man I think is as well. <laughs> you know, Batista. Oh yeah, he was like... a mammoth of a man, like unbelievably. Because your your dad is your dad's quite tall as well he's what he's got to be yeah. six two six one yeah six, yeah something six, like two, that. yeah and i remember it was me you and him and we were sitting a fair way back but you know c- you know clear enough to see everyone and they're coming down the the gangway and i think even your dad said bloody hell he's a big bloke isn't he and and i remember yeah, he just yeah. stood, he stood above everyone and batista at the time i think that was why i was gonna say i kind of like i think i like the big powerhouses but then We'll come on to it. One of my favourites was also Rey Mysterio and another one who I Rey won't Mysterio. mention at the, mo- at the moment because he had a brilliant gimmick. But but yeah, sorry, carry on. Yeah, it, it would have been raw. Um, but yeah, I think that, that generation was the one that I kind of got into. But yeah, I think some of the gimmicks at the time when they were like, they were, I think I, I really kind of got into WWE when it was its most offensive, like Eugene's gimmick um, and his whole persona was basically a bloke with severe learning disabilities basically yeah, there's you, actually no other way of saying now. it really you, you wouldn't yeah no no chance at and all. you shouldn't do it now um yeah yeah, yeah well, you shouldn't do it now like there was another one who was like nightmare fjord you ever remember the boogeyman yes yes was he the one that ate the worms no yeah now no, for anybody was, watching yeah. that doesn't know who the boogeyman was he was a character whose whole gimmick was that he was some psychopathic ghoul-like figure and he genuinely did eat live worms on the way to the ring yeah and i always remember being horrifically terrified like i genuinely hated watching matches with him and you know what i even hated playing against him in the games because he terrified me that much (laughs) when i was young but i genuinely was that scared like i would skip matches if i had to play him even in like smackdown versus raw i could oh no yeah i genuinely i couldn't i couldn't handle it um but do you know what it was as well i think that because i was growing up and because i was into games the games also factored into my liking of WWE because you watched it, you played the games, you got even more familiar with the characters. It's a bit like what people do with football. You watch football on a Saturday, yeah, yeah, you play yeah. a game of FIFA. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's that's probably yeah, my earliest experiences, early games, and then that kind of like 02 to 05 generation maybe. Yeah. See, for me, and the thing is, this won't be an ex- exhaustive list because there'd be too many to go through, but I, I made the list of some of the ones I remember. So I think the earlier ones or from the earlier time would have been 
is Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, Ultimate Warrior, Andre the Giant, British Bulldog. We've all mentioned those, uh, or we've mentioned those already. But the Honky Tonk Man. Honky Tonk Man, yeah. He used to carry a guitar around. <laughs> yeah, Jake the Snake. Uh, Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was like the arrogant bastard that he created yeah. his own belt. And then also had like a like a servant or something that walked around with him, didn't he? Possibly. I can't remember. I just remember, I think, I, if I remember right, he had like a big fur coat. And yeah, the belt, wasn't yeah. it like a dollar sign, but made of diamonds? Yeah, yeah. The million dollar championship. Yeah. <laughs> the Road Warriors. Oh, God, yeah. A warrior and hawk. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Oh, yeah, Jim Duggan. Was he the one that came to the ring with a piece of wood in his hand, like a two-by-four? Two-by-four, yep, that's him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good and with we... my wrestling knowledge, <laughs> don't you? <laughs> and we mentioned Ric Flair. And then towards, well, I say more modern, but it would be like the 90s and more probably into your time. It would be like Bret Hart, the Dudley Boys. Oh, the Dudley Boys. <laughs> At the tables. <laughs> This one, not I, I never particularly liked him, but I just found him a funny gimmick in the sense of uh, Rob Van Dam. Oh, yeah. Rob Van Dam was great. He was proper high-flying. Big Boss Man. Yeah, he was one that dressed up as a copper, wasn't he? Yeah. Or like a like a bounty hunter type thing. Well, I think, well, it was, I think his, uh... it was a policeman with the, the, the truncheon. We'll leave it there. Oh, sorry, sorry. Before we move on from him, <laughs> yeah, yeah. can we talk about... Con- I, wasn't he the one that, like, in the ring, again... WWE, why they thought it was a good storyline at the time, because you're never going to do it nowadays, like you say. Wasn't he the one that hung The Undertaker? Oh, God, I, d- I don't remember that. I My think that memory they legitimately, is I think that I'm pretty sure it was Big Boss Man, and I can't remember if it was at WrestleMania, where basically Undertaker had, had come through a match, and then he gets like either ambushed or something by Big Boss Man, and they basically string The Undertaker up and make it look like he's hung. Or I can't remember if it was Big Boss Man that was hung by The Undertaker. But one or the other ways, it was something like that. It was ridiculous. (laughs) Um, Let's run through a few others. We've, um, I know we haven't mentioned, um, Edge and Chris Jericho. Oh God, Edge, you think you know me. (laughs) (laughs) This is great. Goldberg, you've mentioned, and Triple H. Oh yeah. Oh, one of my favourite, Big Show. Oh yeah, Big Show was brilliant just because he was gigantic. He was absolutely gigantic. He's actually a slight diversion. Have you seen his Netflix show? I haven't actually. It's a fun little, you know, it's it's very inoffensive, but it's it's got the Big Show in, so I'm going to watch it, right? And, and he's actually all right in it. This one, I know you, your reaction is um, Mick Foley. Oh, Mick Foley. Mick Foley was brilliant, but he it, had like multiple characters as well. Buddy yeah, love? that's it. Um, dude Love. Dude Love, dude love and Mankind. Mankind, that's it. Mankind, mankind. was like the, the evil one, wasn't <laughs> the it? Psychop- yeah, yeah. 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 It was like a psychopath, basically. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and didn't he have, as Dude Love, wasn't it, the sock puppet? No, no. So I think it was as... Um, yeah, I think it was just as Mick Foley he had um, Mr. Socko. I mean, one of the things actually I should have said is I'm I'm not going to profess to be an expert on this. I just have always loved dipping in and out of wrestling. I love it. Yeah, um, yeah. Th- it's like one of those things that you pick up for a couple of years, then drop yeah. out of, then come back to. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't necessarily be able to tell you all the move lists or um, storylines. But sorry, I just want to get through a few more of these. Uh, we've said Triple H, the one and only The Rock. The Rock unbelievable big one of the biggest names in wrestling by far and for any of you lot that are listening to this that think his name is Dwayne Johnson <laughs> no it's not it's the rock he is the rock he started as the rock he will always be the rock uh, because guess what? <laughs> what it doesn't matter what you think <laughs> 
there's going to be some people that are listening to this that are, are just sitting there like, I've yeah. got no fucking idea what's going on right now. Can you smell <laughs> what casting views are podcasting? <laughs> um, uh, well, we're having fun anyway. <laughs> yeah, if you're listening, just 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 entertain yourselves. <laughs> now, the thing about The Rock, right, is um, he was just pure charisma, wasn't he, on 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 the mic yeah he's yeah. just his promos which uh, and i think that's exactly what it was i mean you could go back and look at it now and they, they are they can be electrifying i think the rock though as well was one character that was actually bigger than wrestling if that makes sense yeah he was almost yeah. the show in and of itself yeah and so when you lose the rock as a character as a personality as as a wrestler in your show yeah uh, like as he did do and move on to film, I feel like that was a huge loss. For There's wrestling. definitely something that's gone missing, and it kind of shows that whether you like his films or not, he's doing really well. I mean, we we literally yeah. just watched the um, it's called Red Notice, the one that's just come out on Netflix. Unbelievable! I watched it literally two nights ago. And it's good fun. It's it's really good fun. It is, yeah. You know, and I think he's great. There is something so likable about him. You know, I, like, like I said, for me, if, if it's got The Rock in it or Dwayne Johnson, even if it's not a particularly great film, I'm going to enjoy it just for his presence. Yeah, it's an easy watch. Jumanji, the, especially the first one, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. And, and sorry, let, let, we'll come back to all these. I just want to throw a few more at you. We've mentioned The Undertaker and Kane, which was a really interesting storyline when Kane was introduced, you know, the brother. Yeah, the whole brothers. That was brilliant. Even those those two in and of themselves were proper yeah, legends. They were. Absolutely. Uh, Stone Cold, Steve Austin. Oh, I'll just speak for himself. Ray Mysterio, which you mentioned. Did, did I mention Shawn Michaels? There's a couple more that weren't on my list that I do, do want to mention. Well, we've kind of said uh, Batista. But also Booker T. Oh, Booker T. Five time, five time, five time WWE champion. <laughs> Kurt Angle. And again, I, I kind of like Kurt Angle because I followed him over to TNA. And I think I was probably one of the few <laughs> people that liked TNA wrestling. And Brock Lesnar. Oh, Brock Lesnar. I mean, again, when, when you think about like men that are actually not built like, like humans, he actually is an animal. Like it, it's unbelievable that man. I remember when he first came into WWE, he was he was again just a humongous mass of muscle. That's all he was. He he was he was literally. But he was like a monster, wasn't he? He was just huge. Yeah, he was like the evil person, wasn't he? He was the the, the big heel. Yeah, yeah. And he, yeah. he was just built for that role and just manhandling other men. <laughs> yeah, we, and we were, you know, we we mentioned the games. I mean, I even though I'm not. You know, I've never professed to be a huge, huge fan of wrestling. I've got a real soft spot and a weakness for the wrestling games. And you and I, we mentioned it in the gaming one. We've 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 played a few yeah. on the old Playstations and, and even now I still like for for as buggy and glitch as they are, I still love a good sort of WWE two K wrestling game. Yeah, yeah, that's true to be fair. I think the last one I had was probably two thousand and eighteen. I still enjoyed it, to be fair, as much as like, you know, the characters sorry, the characters. As much as the wrestlers aren't the ones that you knew, like you end up just using the legend section because you're like, yeah, this is what I know. <laughs> yeah. But let's get the you know, the 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 obvious conversation out of the way quickly. So like the you know, the whole debate about well, it may not have been so much when you were you were younger, but like the whole it's fake, it's fake, right? Yeah, I think part of me always, I almost, you know, and I still don't care. It's fake now. I, I think part of me always did think it was scripted, but I didn't care. And yeah. it's like the people that say now, oh, it's fake. Or why would you watch it? Or, oh my god, how pathetic watch wrestling. I would say, well, I don't watch soaps. There's a lot of people that watch soaps. That's not real. 
EastEnders isn't real. Yeah, yeah. Like, obviously, in terms of obviously like athleticism and stuff like that, I think there's always been a, a case for the fact that it is actually very athletic. And wrestlers do legitimately get hurt. No, but that's actually what I wanted to say. I, I couldn't care less if it was scripted, but what they do, sometimes what they can pull off in that ring, call it choreography for want of a better word, but it is amazing what they do. They put they do put their bodies on the line. Yeah, this is what I mean. And there's been proper, proper legitimate injuries like Mick Foley we just talked about. He actually had um, part of his ear ripped off, yeah. um, like doing a, a bit where he basically got choked by ropes. I mean, when you look at some of the incidences, again, we've got to bring up another name just because I feel like he came back to WWE in the last kind of five, four or five years was Shane McMahon. Weirdly, when you were saying that, I said, yeah, he, I was thinking he had his testicles electrocuted by The Undertaker or Kane, didn't he? So- <laughs> yeah, he, did. yeah he, he actually did. But when you think about it, Shane McMahon wasn't actually even a proper wrestler and he was doing some crazy shit in terms of throwing himself off of humongous heights. Like, as much as, yeah, the table's there to break your fall, with him being thrown off the top of the Hell in a Cell, which is like 25 foot or whatever it is in the air, like, there's only so much dampening a plastic announcer's table can do to that impact. Like, you know, people do genuinely get legitimately hurt. I mean, Edge had to retire, I think, because of the fractures to his necks and to his neck and that sort of thing. Well, Kurt Angle as well. I know I know when he was young, he damaged his neck. And sometimes it's hard to know what was real from fiction in terms of the story as well. But he's apparently his neck was really getting bad late on almost that that's why they were saying i think the, the excuse or the reason why he went to tna yeah yeah because i think actually kurt angle's whole gimmick as well was he was an olympic gold medalist but i think the whole story behind his broken neck was he actually won his gold medal with like fractured that's right yeah. like, vertebrae or something like that didn't he um so i think there's always been a case for that but the way that i always described it to people now in reality i probably haven't been properly into wrestling since maybe 2016 stroke 17 do you know when um undertaker lost his streak to brock lesnar all right yeah that was probably the last wrestlemania i properly watched out and out and then i kind of dabbled here and there and then kind of lost lost interest if i'm honest but the way that i always described it to people was it's a bit just like reality tv that's how you have to take it it's reality television and it's a bit like your only way is Essex, except instead of talking in the middle of a cafe about who cheated on who, they're having a pretend scrap in the middle of a ring and jumping about. That's really what it is. It's reality TV, but athletic. You imagine like, you know, Big Brother, but instead of having to do a trial or, or like, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. They, they just beat the crap out of They have a ladder other. match. Yeah, yeah, they have a ladder match. But going back to Shane McMahon, yeah, absolutely. That's why I've liked him because I, I can't, you know, I'll be honest, I never really saw him wrestle much. Because he, he was very much a bit partner in that sense, wasn't he? I saw the one you mentioned, you referenced a few years ago, yeah, where he jumps off the top of the the cell onto the announcer's table. Yeah. I got nosebleed watching him go that high, man, from the TV. <laughs> yes. <I> got... <laughs> watching that, and watching that paper, you got fucking vertigo. <laughs> and the thing is, right, yes, you could see under the announce table the like the inflatable bag because you know guess what he's not going to survive that if he jumps off with no dampening but like you said yeah this is yeah this is the thing i ruptured a disc in my back just doing some stuff in the garden the other day he's throwing himself off cell, you know off cell 25 <laughs> up in the air i ain't doing that <laughs> even with we even with a massive but like inflatable bag under under me i did love him when he came back sorry with like the whole um you know the, the money 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 gimmick you know the the the, the sneakers, the trainers, the, the little dance. The yeah, shimmy as he came even in. It was his so much song fun. was brilliant. Like, I can't lie. His his um, theme song, Here Comes the Money, <laughs> was actually in a playlist of mine for years because it's actually a great song as well, to be honest. But yeah, his whole gimmick was great. I mean, Vince McMahon in of himself has like dabbled in wrestling. And obviously, for I, I mean, he must be nearing 80 years. I, 
old now. I don't know how old he is. Even even he's a, a pretty big bloke, and he's yeah. pretty competent in the ring as well, to be fair. But he loves, or he used to love uh, an episode where he come out with just a string vest on, though, didn't he? And, and, and you know... Oh, God, yeah, he under- did. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, right? I, somehow, I feel like when we talk about wrestling, we're going to talk about controversy a lot because the storylines are so mental. Yeah. Vince McMahon legitimately had a wrestling match with God. Yes. Do you ever that. remember that? Yeah, no, I've actually got that here. I've, I've got that here. It was Shane and Vince versus HBK and God. Yeah. <laughs> and that was to play on the fact that like Shawn Michaels was like a Christian and they were like taking the piss out of his religion. I genuinely do not know how. I mean, obviously, if you were a writer at WWE at the time, you basically could never say no to Vince McMahon. You probably yeah. still can't. So obviously it would have been his idea. But the fact that that's even been able to pass is actually mad. Like the fact that you can go and watch that on YouTube yeah. is a bit nuts. Yeah, because I looked at some of the more sort of either stranger or controversial stories. And yeah, it was... um. Someone was saying that they heard rumblings that they were trying to get Bret Hart to team with the Heartbreak Kid, but it fell through. So what they said, instead, they were treated to weeks of Vince saying he was more powerful than God, and they literally went to church to prove it. And during the match, they used a beam of light to represent God. Again, I'm not sure you could probably do that now. But, but there are some... I'll, I'll throw a couple of other ones. Or do you, did you have? Or did you want to mention a couple of others? No, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, but that yeah, I, I I actually can't go over it because you know what? Vince McMahon is responsible for some of the most ridiculous <laughs> like storyline scandals you have ever seen. Like you genuinely couldn't have had like the the most budget of filmmakers come up with storylines like Vince McMahon did. But that, I think that's what appealed. Not necessarily some of these I'll go on to, but. The fact that could you could you imagine now watching football or soccer? Um, but yeah, instead of it just being the two teams in between in the build-up, you've got Liverpool like Jurgen Klopp and uh, I don't know Ole Gunnar Solskjaer calling each other out and uh, you know sort of attacking each other in the car park before the games. I mean, and I think, Jurgen Klopp just busts into into Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's press conference with a chair, like or like you know a trash can just hits him on the head. And I think that's what made it watchable for a lot of people. I mean, I kind of miss some of the craziest storylines. I, I mean, I, like I said, I've picked a few. I mean, we, again, we could be here all night if we went through the, the strangest storylines. I'll throw some at you and you can either say if you knew them or what you thought of them. But I'm sure you probably would have remembered uh, Mr. McMahon's illegitimate son. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember that whole storyline. I remember that whole storyline. I think I'm, I'm now I'm pretty certain... Wasn't it to be something to do with Triple H? And I think there was something to do with Mr. Kennedy as well, the one that used to get on the microphone. And I think, I, I don't know if you were going to... it was Mr. Kennedy, see. yeah. It was Mr. Kennedy. But then it turned out to be something like, um, who was the... Oh, my God, he was a little person. Yeah, Hornswoggle. Played like a leprechaun. Hornswoggle, <laughs> that was it. Didn't it turn out that Hornswoggle was his illegitimate son? Yeah, that's that's what I did. And again, I can't remember why, <laughs> but I'm not sure if it's because Mr. Kennedy moved or something like that. But yeah, you know, it ended up being Hornswoggle, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, that one, that one was actually mad at the time. Yeah, but I think I remember rightly. I think you remembered that right. I think Mr. Kennedy was supposed to be central to the storyline. And I think he left because he fell out of favour for something that happened backstage. Mm. And then I think they needed someone to take his place. And in the end, it was Hornswoggle, which was, again, a horrific way to end the storyline. Yeah. It was just stupid. That doesn't but... surprise me about that, because the, the feeling you do get is that uh, is basically it's what Vince says, or it's his way or the highway. Yeah, yeah. Okay, this one... you you may have heard of and one of the things actually i was going to say was i think wrestling 
has always been good to feature and especially now kind of like promote the women's side of of the sport but i think it has previously been exploitative let's say that in the early yeah, oh, days yeah. anyway <laughs> we know the kind of matches they uh, they used to have and there was it's actually i never saw it live but it's quite what's the word that scene with him and Trish Stratus in the ring. Right? I know. Uh, yeah, I know exactly the storyline. Uncomfortable viewing. About, yeah. yeah, it's really uncomfortable viewing watching that, which, you know, again, we you don't have now, thankfully. I only mention that because there's this one. Did, do you know the story about Katie Vick? It's, oh, I don't it's probably one you'll, you'll have seen the name. But again, it was, it was about Kane. I think it was when Triple H was the world heavyweight holder. There was a, a storyline put up for Kane's past. And, it, and this Katie Vick, was a woman that Kane was supposed to have been romantically involved with until right, right. she died, and he was there when she died. Oh, oh yeah, I know where you're going. Oh my god! And then yeah, it's, it, instead of that being the end of this this experience, Triple H accuses Kane of sexually assaulting Katie Vick's dead body, even going so far as to don a Kane mask and reenact the scene for a shocked WWE audience. I mean, oh my god, yeah, yeah, oh my god. Looking at some of these, do you think it's a case of where people are just getting together and just saying random things and there's no filter? They just, you know, there's no uh, morality or no sensible filter. Someone to say, no, no, Vince, you can't have that. Well, do you know what the, do you know what the weird thing is? is? I don't know if it was just constant shock factor. So like, I don't know if WWE were constantly going for storylines that like we need to shock people and make people like either disgusted or angry or this or this, because I feel like that's really a way a lot of the stories went. I mean, even the Trish Stratus one that you mentioned, I know which one you were talking about. And again, for anybody that is is not known anything about wrestling or was never interested, well, thank you for tuning in for this yeah. long, but also to give you some context. It was where he'd made Trish Stratus like, was it stripped to like underwear and then like bark like, like a dog or something like that in yeah. the middle of a yeah. ring? Yeah. Like yeah. it was really, really strange. And I mean, again, like it doesn't really promote anything for storyline. She was I a mean, great wrestler yeah, this, as well. One. That was the thing about she, that. Yeah, she, she was, was a, a good wrestler. wrestler. She was, yeah. But yeah, that one I remember. Because it was Triple H, yeah, in a coffin. And didn't he pick up, like, what was, like, like was supposed body, to look like yeah. fake human brains or oh, something I... out of, like, this coffin? Really weird. It, it really really weird. weird. This next one, I, I'd never heard of, but I included it because it is really bizarre. And, and at one point, I was thinking, was I being trolled by this? But there was a picture um, about Val Venus getting castrated. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I'd yeah, never yeah, heard of yeah. that. I'd never heard of that. If I remember rightly, it was basically something to do with it, like infidelity storyline or something like that with Val Venus involved. Yeah. And then basically he gets almost like kidnapped and castrated. I'm pretty sure there's video of it. but I don't think it, obviously, I think if you go to WWE.com, I don't think you're going to see it on their site. Uh, so it's probably going to be a YouTube. But yeah, I think it was like with a samurai sword or something. I think, yeah, it? I think you're right. And um, basically it was the last, <laughs> it was the last image seen on an episode of Monday Night Raw. But then the week after, the, and, and actually raw being the word, I guess, the week after, Val said he... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> cut. No, not cut either. Oh, my God. jeez. <laughs> oh, i just get on with the story, Dan. This, and then the week after, Val said he was fine due to a little shrinkage and, and made a John Wayne Bobbitt joke. I mean, you know, I mean, this is... No more accidental... Cut or slice oh, jokes, all right? 
Oh, how did they let us watch this when we were kids? Like my parents definitely. Oh, could you imagine if your parents see? Oh, I must have been. I couldn't have been old when these storylines were going on. Like my my mum and dad never thought to check on me when I was watching WWE when I was young. Cause they would have been fucking horrified. <laughs> Another one was about May Young giving birth to a hand. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> was like 75 yeah. or 80 wanna, or something do you want to give your time. memories do you want to give your memories of that you know what i think this is one of the 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 ones that i'm not as strong with i remember storylines with may young but if i'm being honest i only remember the storyline with her and devon dudley i don't know if the pregnancy with the hand has anything to do with that one but i remember there was a period where like devon dudley i'm um, sorry not devon bubba ray dudley had like basically thrown may young off of a stage in a wheelchair and she was like 70 years old but the hand storyline i can't remember who it was related to again i i kind of just got a couple of snippets because i'm not sure i wanted to find out more but yeah it was yeah may young and mark henry made a lot of people feel uneasy together um however wwe of course didn't leave it to just that they had may young be pregnant which she was going to have a child, and we all watched in horror as we waited to see a rubber hand the size of an adult be revealed covered in a weird petroleum jelly-like <laughs> substance. I mean, that is the stuff oh, of nightmares. Right. I mean, I don't think even horror films get that <laughs> that twisted. I love how the, in all of that storyline, the most like the 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 thing about her giving birth at like seventy-five or eighty is the most realistic thing in that storyline. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they didn't even mention that because that 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 was like the best bit about it, or, or the less less offensive. <laughs> And then I really like Rey Mysterio. And I think it was just because he was a proper high flyer, wasn't he? You know, what was it? Was it? Yeah. The, yeah. Oh, I can't remember. Was it the 519 or? 619. 619. That's it. You see, Who's I told that you. jumping out the sky? Oh, oh, my God. I've got all the theme songs yeah. in my head now. This is this is ridiculous. He, I just think because he was he was absolutely superb. And he, he, you know, I'm sure he botched some, but he was like, he, he nailed it every time. And, and it was just, it just, you couldn't, you couldn't follow him because he was just all over the place wasn't the story that eddie was ray's son's dad yeah so i think there was a story that basically eddie guerrero had had fathered ray mysterio's son and then ray mysterio had like taken care of him to like pretend that he was his dad basically because ray couldn't have kids i think that's the way the story went and they had a paternity but, but yeah, match, that, didn't, the they? didn't they? have a paternity yeah. match? I mean, come on. <laughs> well, no, no, it was for the no, it was a custody of ladder. Sorry, match that's it. Where they had to had to put a ladder up in the middle of the ring and claim a suitcase with custody papers in it. That that was the beauty of wrestling. You don't even have to wrestle for belts anymore. You wrestle for children. You wrestle for for all sorts of <laughs> things. I mean, <laughs> and it was funny. There was. Well, I say similar. There was a similar one in, in TNA. Did you really watch TNA? I remember I bought you the game, didn't I? Which was quite bad, I think, on the on the PlayStation. Oh, yeah, yeah. The TNA games were always a little bit lacking compared to the WWE. You could tell which company was doing better. If I'm being honest, I never really got into TNA. I saw a couple of the crossovers because I know the Dudley boys went to TNA for a period, or at least Bubba Ray did. A cut like Cody Rhodes, I think, as well, at a later date went over. So I only kind of tuned in occasionally, but it was never something that I kept up with, to be honest with you. No, the only reason I bring them up is, and and, and we'll talk about, uh, you know, I'll talk about TNA a little bit actually later for a personal thing, because AJ Styles was in it at the time. And yeah. he was also really, I mean, I know he's, he's in WWE again now, but I remember AJ Styles was a, another good high flyer. He was being, there was this woman kept appearing, I think she's called Claire Lynch, and she was saying that, he was the father of her 
a child and she kept appearing at matches saying, you know, you're, you're, you know, like you're the father of my baby, blah, blah, blah. But then it turned out, and I can't remember, I, I think it either made him wrestle badly or he lost or he had to sign something over. And then it turned out to be, um, I think, was it Kazarian? Do you remember Kazarian? Frankie oh, Kazarian. The name really rings a bell, but I couldn't picture him. And I think, you know, you then saw scenes where I think they either knocked it, knocked AJ Styles out or he was drunk. And then she would then crawl into the bed and take pictures of her with him to make it look like they'd slept together. And it was just, a, again, it was just another messed up kind of storyline. And, and that's just the tip of the iceberg, not the Goldberg. This is just tip of the iceberg with the kind of crazy storylines. Do you know what I mean? You know what? One's just kind of come into my head while you've been talking about it. It's another WWE storyline. Do you ever remember the wrestler Snitsky? Yeah, that definitely rings a bell. Yeah, yeah. And that was like, uh, now if I remember this rightly, again, you know what people, if if, if anybody remembers these storylines, do send us a tweet as well, telling us how much you remember. But wasn't there a storyline where he like punted a baby? Yes, there was. Yes, if it was him. Well, I, like, I can't he, remember. He was like, yes, there yeah, definitely in the was. ring yeah. and he just like boots someone's child. And I don't know if it had anything to do with, do you remember? You know, this is another huge scandal. Um, Edge and Lita's sex show yes, in the middle of the ring. Yes, yes, Because wasn't she with God, Matt they... Hardy at the time? Yeah, she was, but that was a story yeah. that was actually real life that got brought into wrestling. So I think oh, she was with Matt Hardy in real life. She cheated on him with Edge, and then the WWE made it a fucking storyline oh, yeah, and put them all in the middle of it. It's just unreal, isn't it? It's just unreal. I mean, oh, God. It's, it's like there were literally imagine no that, limits. Imagine your significant other cheating on you, and then you, your employer makes you live it out at work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no. No, no, thank you. It was like, um, yeah, that, they had the romp in the middle of the ring, didn't they? Was it under a sheet? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Oh, my God. And I've, I'm pretty sure that the whole kicking the baby thing um, was, um, it's a good thing, you know, it's a good thing we don't have ads because we'd definitely be demonetized for this episode. Um, <laughs> but I think the whole kicking the baby thing, I think it was Lita and Edge's baby, if I remember rightly, uh, something to do with them I anyway. Remember, but God, unbelievable. But um, some other some other things then that came to mind was, you know, there were kind of some other funny wrestlers or gimmicky wrestlers. And, and one that the first one that came to mind, because it was just his finishing move was just nonsensical, was um, Scotty Too Hotty. Do you remember Scotty Too Hotty? <laughs> <laughs> Scotty Too Hotty and the worm. Yeah, that was it. I mean, firstly, it took him about five minutes to do it, didn't it? But I don't get how that he had any power in the end of that to actually for it to be effective. <laughs> I mean, when you've got like the people's elbow and, you know, the F5, and then you've got the worm. Because he used to hop, didn't he? He used to hop around the That's ring. It, and that in was a circle. Like yeah. Yeah. And then he used to do the worm and then he used to stand up, do a dance and then hit you with like his forearm almost. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, right, well, I mean, you know, I, I guess in some alternate reality, it's probably super painful. But you know what? I don't know if you've got him on your list down somewhere, but one of Scotty Two Hotties partners in crime was Rikishi. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't got him on the list. But and yeah. his finishing move was the stink face. <laughs> yeah. And it is literally <laughs> as what it says on the tin, right? Yeah. Now, I'm pretty sure Rikishi is a Samoan guy, isn't he? But he's a very big, just Samoan dude, basically. Um, rather large guy. And his finishing move was basically where he would sit you down in the corner of the ring and he would ride his uh, tights up his ass crack and then he would just wipe his <laughs> wipe his wipe his ass with your face basically pretty, pretty much. was how it was uh, yeah there's there's no other real way to to describe it i don't think <laughs> but, but i remember there was also um do you remember rosie rosie 
the big oh, the I'm big sure guy it, it was like so well if you work out the anachronism is it doesn't take a lot it was the superhero in training oh gosh <laughs> yeah i remember him yeah yeah yeah, Ro- yeah, Rosie yeah. The shit, which again probably someone probably had a great giggle when they did that and then actually put it in <laughs> it's that, that that's the thing <laughs> i had papa shango and the boogeyman like you said um but, and this was one I think I showed you recently when when I came around to your house and showed you on uh, YouTube the Shockmaster. Do you remember that the, the the promo where he had to bust through the wall? He had like um, it looked like a, a glittery stormtrooper's helmet, and it was yeah, famous yeah, yeah, for yeah. falling through a wall, and then the helmet comes off. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, unbelievable! That you know what as well. That's the thing because WWE was like recorded live. You actually did get moments that were just completely unscripted yeah. and crap like that. Yeah, like people legitimately making horrific mistakes live on camera, and there's nowhere to go. Yeah, and that—that's exactly it. You know, the amount of mistakes. I'm going to embarrass myself saying it, but there's a famous one about he's trying to say like you, you know you are you've got half a brain, but he was saying. I've got half a brain, and he was basically ended up insulting himself. I'd have to, I'll have to find it later. But Psycho Sid, that's that was it. it. it was yeah, Psycho Sid. Uh, can you remember about Psycho what? Sid, where it was just like, it, it's something like, oh, if if I'm even, if I've even got half the brain you have, then I something. Yeah, it's something. I'm going to find like, it because the, I've got half a brain. <laughs> I'm going to have to find it because it's brilliant. Should we talk about the music? Because you've mentioned it a couple of times, and the music is almost just as iconic, isn't it, as wrestlers? Yeah, I tell you what. Then, if you were to give me your favorite WWE entrance theme ever, what would it be? I don't think I could say favorite because you had um, go back to the Ultimate Warrior where he just comes pelting into the ring. He comes running and then he grabs the top rope and he starts shaking it. To me, that would be iconic. Um, if you then go into late ones, we mentioned it, Rey Mysterio. I think that was great, but the one that I think sends goosebumps. Because you don't even have to hear the music; it's just the the sound of that yeah. breaking glass. Yeah, the no glass Steve break. Austin. Yeah, that's so iconic. And then you see him storming down the ring with a beer in one hand and a can of whoop ass in the other. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the funny thing about him I was think... his early days. You know, you see pictures of him in his early days. Yeah, he was because he had a gimmick originally that was the ringmaster, wasn't it? Yeah, so he was. He was like really like almost like a beach boy kind of thing, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Like, and then I'm so glad that the whole Stone Cold thing took off. Could you imagine if we'd have never seen that? But yeah, the glass break, you just immediately knew. And that's what it was. Like, so, I think some of the best um, theme tunes are the ones that don't take you that long to recognize. So, absolutely. I think that if I had to pick a song, that was my favorite i think it would be either sean michaels okay because yeah. it's because i'm a sexy boy yeah, sexy yeah. put that one there <laughs> or it would have to be triple h the game yes actually for the whole thing as well yeah because that initial like that initial boom yeah. time to yeah. play the game like it was unbelievable because i think was it um what were the name of the group that sung it was it motorhead is that oh, what they were I, called? oh god i don't i don't remember it it sounds like them, but whether it was them. But yeah, with him, with that intro as well, it was also, you know, where he swigs the water, then spits the water out. It's a whole, it's like, 
Stop what you're doing. You're watching me come into the ring. Yeah. And you know what? I don't care what anyone says. Anybody that's watching rest that's watched wrestling or watched wrestling during that period, you have definitely gone into your bathroom and or your kitchen, <laughs> or if you've been on a sports field or whatever it is, you swig that water and you spat it out like Triple H at some point in your life. Everyone's done it. If you ever watched wrestling when you were young, I don't believe you if you say that you haven't. <laughs> But but that's it, you know. It, it, like like you said, I think it's the, those ones where you know within the first, literally first couple of seconds, who's coming out. Which it was even better during things like the 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 Royal Rumble, wasn't it? Where they would come out every minute or so. Do you, I don't know what it is, and you know what? People that have been listening to this for what is like fifty minutes now are going to be. Oh God, it's it's been sinful that, long already. that we haven't <laughs> mentioned him. It has been that long, but it's going to be sinful that we haven't mentioned him. John Cena. Oh my god! Oh, I love John Cena as well. We have not mentioned John Cena once during this whole fifty minutes. Oh, I because love he you, had yeah. probably as well some of the best Royal Rumble entrances, some of the most iconic music <laughs> and iconic moments. <laughs> you can see me like the whole five star knuckle shuffle. <laughs> uh, I remember of the, the Oh my god, the professor of fuckonomics was brilliant because he recorded all of his own songs as well, didn't he? He used to come out and do like a rap to like insult his opponent pre-match. Unbelievable. That was brilliant. Brilliant. What a time to be alive. Oh, eh? and John Cena in the uh, he's acting now, isn't he? So yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, he's doing slightly lower quality films than your rocks and your your Batistas. Well, he did. He did. Um, but, but he's he getting did Bumblebee, there. didn't he? Was it Bumblebee? It was Bumblebee, yeah, the Transformers, oh, I th- which is oh, probably the best Transformers. <laughs> no, 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 Bumblebee's good. It's set in the 80s, so it's awesome. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, yeah, well, you know. <laughs> and actually, Batista, yeah, I mean, I mean, we mentioned him. You know, he's done some really good films. Wasn't He, he was in a James Bond, wasn't he? Yeah, he was in Spectre, I believe. Um, most famously, you'd know him as Drax in Guardians of the Galaxy. Absolutely. Um, he was in... Blade Runner 2049. Oh, I've not seen that. I've not seen that. Yeah, and, and he's actually, again, he's he's good on screen. I think he's... As, yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's nailed Drax. He's nailed Drax. Yeah, he, he's actually quite talented, to be fair. I, I, I was actually quite impressed. I think he was in... Um, was it Escape Plan as well? One of the, like, the Escape Plan films I'm with not uh, seen that. Schwarzenegger and um, Stallone as well, I think. I'm pretty sure he was in one of them. There was a there was a thing recently. We talk about sort of music as well, but CM Punk came back to AEW wrestling, and I think when oh, his God. when his theme popped again, it, you know the, the the way the crowd reacted. It, it's just yeah, it's those moments. It's you know it can get you, and and music is powerful anyway. When you associate it specifically to a wrestler, it's just great. Yeah, because I think his was Cult of Personality was the song, and do you know what's mad, yes, right? Yes. Is I you could I could listen to a song on the radio every day because that's what the charts are like and not know the name to a song but a wrestler who i watched like five six seven eight nine years ago i could recite their song in an instant because that's how iconic they were to me i remember actually liking um and i'm i'm not going to pronounce it right so I, you know i'm going to apologize now but was it um shinsuke nakamura oh shinsuke nakamura his, his was entrance. like a, a violin yeah intro, wasn't it yeah but he just got yeah, well yeah. into that intro entrance didn't he it was again it's the whole entrance so he's not just walking in 
you know he's 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 playing yeah. that whole that whole part you know what before we move on from theme songs i think we need to talk about an experience that we obviously had yes yes um, let's do that because i can't believe it's been three minutes an iconic moment oh here we go <laughs> we obviously went we to we've seen a couple of ww we well we've been to ww i think was it only once we went to ww yeah and that was in london that was once yeah and that was either at wembley or like the o2 or something wasn't it yeah one of those i can't remember it was one wembley, of the two I think it was wembley case, anyway and then we went to a house show, like when I was not not a house show, but like an amateur show when I was really, really young. That was probably the first like live event that I went to. And then more recently, now I can't remember what year this would have been, but I definitely would have been out of uni. So it could have been no earlier than probably 2018 in reality, could it? But you'd said to me as well that that um, there was like a wrestling show going on really, really close to where we live. And obviously, yeah. it was it was only a small venue; it was only like seven hundred and fifty yeah. people or something South like that. Side like a little British promotion, America, I think. Yeah, yeah. The, oh, yeah, yeah. That was it. And um, obviously, it's done at like a little kind of like hall, I guess, near near us. It's not not a massive place. Yeah. Um, and you said that there were going to be some um, <laughs> like WWE stars there. Now, if I remember rightly, it was Hardcore Holly. Yep. And. Oh my god! I can't. Oh my god! Man, his name's just slipped out of my more. mind. There was actually two others. There was. Uh... Oh, Billy Gunn. Yep. Billy Gunn. Yep. Who's the one we're going to talk about? And I can't remember who was the third D-Lo one. D'Lo Brown. D'Lo Brown. <laughs> yeah, yeah, D-Lo yeah Brown. that's <laughs> it. That's it. And and to go on and talk about how iconic music is, I remember when Billy <laughs> Gunn came out. There was a group of probably seven or eight lads who just screamed his theme tune for probably five or six minutes even after the music had stopped <laughs> yeah. i remember there was just guys stood up right next to the ring spelting out billy guns i'm an ass man <laughs> actually he couldn't stop laughing billy gun could he because they were trying to get on with the match but people were just calling him an ass man all the time <laughs> and i remember as well i think he actually got on the mic at one point and said in all of my years of doing this no one's ever done that for me <laughs> There was also, um, there was another wrestler there, and I can't remember his name now, but he was in TNA, but he was like, um, his gimmick, at least in TNA, was that he was kind of like an Ibiza DJ. And I think he actually hurt himself there. I think he did. He was going to do one of these things where he was going to jump off the top rope, but I think he slipped and fell and ended up with like his back on the edge of the ring. Because a lot of it was, well, call it amateur wrestling, but that, that, you know, I don't think that's necessarily the right, right term. Yeah, you had Billy Gunn. I think every match was a corker in that, wasn't it? It was, it was just really good fun. Yeah, oh, yeah, it, it was brilliant. I remember at one point they like fought through the audience, so they were just like two dudes yeah, pretending to right, beat each other yeah. up like, in the aisle right next to us. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and we were like, "Yeah, this is awesome." <laughs> I thought when you said a story, I thought you were going to say the other one from that, like that tiny amateur one in our hometown. Oh my! <laughs> okay, right, right. I, I, I remember this one. So it was again. It was an even smaller show, and I, I, you know what? You'll have to, you'll have to tell me how many people you think were there because I do not remember it being many at all. If it was more than like thirty, I think you know. I think that was probably you would have been impressed. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and obviously three of them were me, you, and my dad. I went because. I was kind of into more into wrestling and it was Jake the Snake was there. Now we'll come on to yeah. some of the sadder things, but that was during his in between his prime and before he got kind of rehabilitated. So we'll, we'll mention yeah, that. Yeah, but Jake yeah. the Snake was there and that was the draw, right? 
Yeah, yeah. So he was like the the big name that almost kind of was the draw for the show. Um, but I remember there was an instance of a female wrestler in this show. And obviously, because, you know, it was a really small venue, like the fans got into it. And I remember you getting quite into it. And I remember you like mouthing off to this female wrestler. And she just gave it back to you. Hold like, on, hold on. Before, before you make me out to be some horrible person. No, what it was. So I remember, I think it was, I could say, so you you were very young at the time. I think you were not shy, but as you were young, I think you didn't used to really get into things. Yeah. So I went, one, just like I kind of would say I took your sister to Comic-Cons because I was taking her and it was me geeking out at the Comic-Cons. I said, yeah, yeah, I'll I'll go with you to this wrestling because I love wrestling, right? But I was kind of like trying to be the cheerleader for you to get into the matches, right? (laughs) And so what I did, I remember, you know, the, the good guys, I was like cheering and and then she comes out. She's the obvious heel, right? She and everyone's booing, and she comes right past us. So I'm like trying to get you to do it right. I'm like going boo and sticking my thumb down at her. So I'll, you know, I wasn't so I wasn't mouthing off and swearing, but I was going boo. And obviously, because we're in literally like a town hall, she could hear it as she comes over to me, right? And you, I'm looking at you, expecting you to be putting your thumbs down, and you're just sitting there quiet as she comes over and starts pretending. <laughs> You boo me! I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna beat you up. I'll go. I'll, I'll show you a lesson. And I look around, and you're pissing yourself laughing at that. You're not getting into the fact, you know, when I was booing her, right? You're, you're, you're laughing at the fact that I'm, I'm being like bullied and ridiculed by like this wrestler. I then slunk into my seat and stayed quiet for the rest of the night. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, just for context, obviously, in terms of having off, it was all part of the show and, like, yeah. the whole, like, you know, oh, they're a heel, so you need to boo them and that sort of thing. But it's just so funny that she made you part of the show. Yeah, I think I took it. I think I made it a bit louder. And, yeah, that's right. She comes right up to me, finger in the face. Like, you know, you boo me. Like, yeah. It was brilliant. But then it's like when I looked at you and you're laughing at that and it's like, yeah, you, you had my back in a the fight there, didn't you? <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. But, yeah, we did then see, I mean, do you, you remember seeing jake the snake right don't you i do if i remember rightly i caught him and he was kind of sat down on like a step almost yeah um it, again his memories are very very faded because i was so so young at the time but i remember there being like a rip-off undertaker and that sort of thing there <laughs> yeah. um but yeah, yeah. I, I remember you saying about jake the snake in terms of him just him at the time and what he was like i, I remember basically his whole fight was I, and and i felt bad but he was actually being booed right because i think his, his fight was just him in the corner literally sitting down in the corner for about five minutes, just being beaten up by his opponent for him then just to pull off one move to win. And I think people were booing because I just don't think they realised kind of how bad a state he was. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, obviously he's, he's, he's turned that round now. And I, and I think it kind of does lead us on then to, to kind of some, some other tragedies. We, we mentioned um, Eddie Guerrero, I think it was last week, actually, wasn't it? Yeah. About celebrities. But you've obviously got, um, it was Owen Hart, wasn't it, who who died? Yeah, he died in the ring. So he, I think the way it went was that he'd actually fallen. He was supposed to like rappel down from like the rafters. I think his harness broke and he actually hit his head on one of the turnbuckles um, and died from his injuries, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you know, which I, again, I, even I remember at the time being horrifically sad. And and whatever your take on it, and, and well, I don't mean your take on it, but like how he's obviously been scrubbed out of history, but you had the whole Chris Benoit. Yeah, yeah, Chris Benoit. I mean, uh, WWE have actually... It's not that they've tried to erase him. It's just that obviously what he did was unforgivable, so you yeah. can't obviously have promote him in any way. But obviously he was 
proper peak of his powers really at the time when you think about it he he was somebody who was actually at the top of the he game was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, obviously you know I think most people will know who Chris Benoit was but obviously just for a bit of context I guess he was a wrestler who basically gone out and murdered his wife and child I don't think there's any other way to, to kind of put that but and then he'd he'd um he'd also killed himself and I mean obviously it was put down to a lot I think afterwards they did autopsies and that sort of thing and discovered he'd had like significant damage to his brain and it was kind of uh put down to to the damage that he'd had during the ring because I think one of his moves was he, he'd jump off like the top rope and like headbutt someone mm, yeah. um, and obviously while it's all fake you're supposed to miss and that sort of thing inevitably there's going to be a level of trauma that you receive as a result of doing that so many times because potentially you know you're never going to get off scot free with it every time you do it but yeah, I think that's probably one of the the, the, the worst tragedies. And it's true, I think that, you know, Chris Benoit would will never, ever be forgiven for what he did. Um, but it did really kind of shed a bad light on WWE in terms of kind of care for wrestlers. So I think even previous to that, they'd had steroid scandal as well. Well, st- that's the thing. Steroids had been an ever-present rumour or undercurrent throughout for, for many years, you know. And yeah, didn't that yeah. lead to, didn't in like the 2000s, they were then brought in that wellness policy? Yeah, they did. Because I think, I don't know if you remember this, but there was actually a court case that Hulk Hogan was um, involved in. And Hulk Hogan, I believe, was actually due to testify against the WWE in court regarding Vince McMahon supplying his wrestlers with steroids. And then he actually backed down at one point. So again, I think there were rumours at the time that, you know, Hulk Hogan doesn't want to burn bridges, basically. But at the same time, you know, the damage was already done. And I mean, when you look at wrestlers, if we're being perfectly honest, so many of them die at 50. Like you look at yeah. how many of them have actually died so, so young. Yeah. Like Eddie Guerrero died of like an enlarged heart, which is also partially the consequence of steroid abuse for so many years because the guy wasn't tall, but he was humongous in terms of muscle. And I haven't written them down, but I, I made a list here that so many wrestlers have died under 40, the age of 40. And, and this goes back to what we said, you know, they're putting themselves on the line. I'm sure painkillers probably come into play as well yeah, probably addictions yeah, concussions yeah. i mean and i think in a couple of the the uh the brands they still do it but you, you know you remember they used to cut themselves they used to blade themselves do you remember for all the blood yeah yeah they did oh god i can't remember what his name was i think his name in the ring was abdullah the butcher and i don't know if you've ever seen pictures and i think you could probably google this obviously if you're listening abdullah the butcher was a wrestler known for like his like like really like hardcore matches and that sort of thing and he's actually just got permanent scarring um, on his forehead so deep where basically he's taken razor blades and dug them into his forehead for the purposes of bleeding in match. Um, and there were so many wrestlers that had it. Because I think, if I remember rightly, I, I listened to someone speaking about how you do it correctly. So I think the way that you were supposed to do it was you were supposed to put the blade to your brow and you were supposed to touch bone. So what would happen is, is if you cut there, you wouldn't have a scar that left because basically the tissue would grow back correctly. But with a lot of wrestlers from kind of, you know, the the 90s and earlier on, um, they all did it kind of just across their heads in any way, shape or form. And they were left with horrific Even scarring. that statement, though, he, he, he was explaining how to, to do it properly. He was explaining how to cut yourself to bleed yeah, in the ring yeah. properly. I mean, that yeah. you just it, it, you shudder to think now. I mean... We're talking about this and you, you've seen all the promotions and stuff where, you know, you've got the thumbtacks and they're, they're throwing themselves down on, on the thumbtacks. And the thing, you know, if we go back to to kind of like the more wrestling side of thing, and I, I, I'm sure I've said this to you before, you know, the one thing that, you know, we were talking about reality, the immersion in it, you know, the one thing that always still gets me every time they do it right. So 
when they're doing these promotions, they're outside the ring. They get punched and in, in you know punched once and they're down and they're stretched, you know, or they get they get beaten up yeah. by two or three of them. They get stretched to hospital. They're out for a week, but in the ring, they're being hit with sledgehammers. They're being hit in the head with metal <laughs> chairs. They're being hit on the heads with trash cans. They're they're taking off, you know, the covering of the the turnbuckles are being thrown into that. They're being chucked off the top of cells. They're they're falling off ladders. The old stick. I I I, I can't. I don't know what else to say. But they take all that. Oh, they you know three finishing moves. They they kick three finishing moves. They'll kick out. But yeah, if if it happens outside the ring, they're badly injured and they don't wrestle for a month. <laughs> and that always gets <laughs> it is, it's, like a, it's like there's there's nothing weaker in the world than a WWE referee. <laughs> because the moment a referee even gets shoulder barged, that guy's unconscious. <laughs> he's unconscious 10 minutes. He's on the floor. He needs a stretcher out. He doesn't wake up. People get hit with chairs behind his back. That's what that's that's just the way it works. It's a bit like the whole um, adage of stormtroopers being really crap yeah. at aiming. There's only a couple of things that are guaranteed. Stormtroopers being crap at aiming is one of them. And WWE referees being weak as hell is another one. Weak as hell only when the face is about to get a pin. That's what you've got to remember with that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. (laughs) The other thing about wrestling was then when they did like the tag teams and the stables. And it was almost like a super team. And that was great, you know, and you'd have the the sly little things like when one, one of the tag teams in the ring... The other person outside would like pull the pull the the leg back of the person as they're running to make them fall over. All the sly little tricks, you know, it was it was fun to watch because it <laughs> angered you or it made you laugh if you were a fan. Do you know what it is as well, right? Is obviously you talked about TNA and and obviously you didn't go. That wasn't very long ago that you went to to Florida to watch and you saw TNA. Is it? I mean, in terms of yeah, it was probably about twenty fifteen. 26 no later than 2016 yeah because obviously like even wwe figures of in terms of actually being at live events have been dropping through the floor what is it do you think that's kind of killed wrestling and, and when i say that i mean when you look at like the 90s and early 2000s when you look at the wrestlemanias and the venues that they genuinely packed out and they probably still sell out wrestlemania because it's just the flagship in it people go but why do you think that generally speaking wwe isn't mainstream anymore i don't know I haven't watched it properly for a while. Now, the frustrating thing was I finally get round to getting Sky Sports last year and it's actually gone to BT Sports now. But I kind of got back into watching the highlights and I don't know if COVID has had an effect on this. There just doesn't seem to be anyone that I look at and think, oh, that, that's a star, that's a person that's attracting me to this yeah i can see randy orton is almost being used almost like a gimmick now when he used to be like the legend killer do you know what i mean he was he was uh, yeah, he was yeah. the person who was supposed to strike fear into you and i just don't think okay let's not want those crazy or morally wrong stories back but i don't know if there are those those storylines anymore to get you grip it just seems to be generic wrestler a doesn't like wrestler b let's fight yeah i i think that what it was is obviously wrestling went through the transition to like the PG era. Now, obviously, for anybody, again, that doesn't know much about wrestling, wrestling was very, it was adult themed in reality. Mm. I mean, we talk about the mental storyline, but in reality, it was for adults. That's what the product was. That's who the product was aimed at. And then they went through the PG era where they kind of made it family friendly. They wanted families to turn up because it's an entertainment product. They want everybody. And, and then ultimately, it's a business decision. I think it was the wrong business decision. With it was also, wasn't that part it was a business like decision. no blood, no headshots with the chairs, which I get that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, I get that. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the no headshot thing, the no blood thing. But again, I mean, you could use blood packets, I guess, if you wanted it to be. And, and funnily enough, I think there were a couple of stories 
of do you know Batista when he still was in the WWE yeah. he got fined a couple of times for blading yeah. um, to try and make the matches more realistic because that's kind of where WWE went with it but I think that at the time in the early 2000s the late 90s WWE was a really it because it was controversial it was almost like a bad thing it was kind of like a taboo almost something that your parents didn't like you being into like if you've got like when you're younger and you're into music that's got loads of swearing in it, and you like your your alternative bands or whatever it might be, it was something that was cool, basically. And that's where I think WWE started to go wrong. When it got to the PG era and it became a family-friendly product, it stopped being cool for the average person. The average person wasn't into wrestling. Because, again, I mean, even if you ask my parents, they could give you the names of some wrestlers, but back from the early 2000s, 1990s, they couldn't give you a single name from today. And that's because wrestling isn't mainstream because they drove it to an audience that isn't mainstream, I think. They put the, the, the product that they're producing isn't a product that you, as a 25-year-old bloke, would sit down and be like, oh, this is class, I'm going to watch this. And that's where I think the problem was lied with it. I agree. I think that's part of it. But for me, it really is. I think I am, like I said to you, I'm a sucker for the storyline and the rivalry. And, you know, it often used to, they used to really build it up. So it would then come to a head in SummerSlam or WrestleMania. You know, it was a proper slow build, slow build, slow build. And then, yeah, we're going to have it out at this, this, this pay-per-view now. Every now and then what I would do would be sign up to the WWE Network and then watch that year's pay-per-views back to back. I haven't done it for a while. So maybe these things are there and I'm just not seeing it. Yeah. But I've watched recently and I do like the New Day. I think they were fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they were fun. And it's that kind of thing. It's like, are there the characters anymore? I mean, I used to like, even when he was hated at the time, which I never got, but I used to like Roman Reigns. And was it The Shield? Was it, yeah. was it The Shield he was in? Was that his group? Yeah, yeah, it was The Shield. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and, and we'll go back to what what was um oh what was Ric Flair, Batista, Triple H? What was the Evolution? That's it. Yeah, I mean, come on, the bad boys, weren't they? Even they had a great theme song as well. Sorry to go on, but it's like that was a wicked theme song as well. <laughs> a lot of them now, like I'll watch the AEW wrestling because that's on, and Chris Jericho, he's in it, isn't he? He's quite funny in it. Yeah, he, he was like a playboy in it. Um, TNA or what's it called? Then it became Impact. Sometimes. The wrestling, because I don't know the wrestlers, I'll almost fast forward past that. But it's more to see like the promo work. I like, you know, I, I like I said, I'm a sucker for the promo work. Oh, we've not even talked about some classic wrestlers like uh, Sting and the Hardy Boys. Oh God, yes, yeah, Sting. <laughs> but Sting and was it Jeff Hardy where Jeff Hardy turned up kind of under the influence for one match, wasn't it? And I think Sting yeah, just got did, pissed yeah. off, didn't he? And kind of ended it. That um, was at a pay per view. That was at a pay per view. Oh, God, I can't remember what the pay-per-view was called. But basically, I think um, Jeff Hardy had turned up, yeah, basically drugged off of his mind. And he came to the ring, and obviously he was he was really not in a good state. Like, he was wobbling everywhere and all sorts. And basically, Sting just turns around and is just like, I'm just going to have to end this as soon as possible. So he shoots on him and basically just ends the match instantly. Uh, the referee fast counts it, and that's that. But it was actually a pay-per-view that TNA had done um, and, and that was supposed to be their main event and Jeff Hardy's drugged up and, and has basically completely fucked the whole event but up. But you can see how angry Sting was and and the, the craziest oh, thing yeah. is, right, is Jeff Hardy's actually, again, he's another one of these, you know, athletic high flyers. Could you imagine potentially what could have happened to him or Sting if if he'd have tried to wrestle normally that night? If, if Sting had Yeah, yeah, if he'd have just put, yeah, 
if if he'd have just put it on and decided to have a show, he would have. Yeah, yeah. He, was, he was he was off his mind. But there's been a lot of wrestlers that have kind of got into like drink and drugs and that sort of thing. And again, I, I think you mentioned it earlier about painkillers and that sort of thing. I think it must be properly rife because you have to remember wrestlers are actually away from home every single week. They are constantly on tour, yeah. basically. Because SmackDown and Raw are every Monday and every Friday, and they are week in, week out. There isn't a break for any There's house shows in between, though, as well. Yeah, yeah, this is what I mean. There's house shows, then there's international tours that they go on. They basically spend no time at home. And ultimately, when you're doing that much, you you need to recover for the purposes of storylines. You're going to get pumped with painkillers. You probably turn to drink because you're lonely as well. It it, it must be hard. It it must be hard. God, no. no. But but could you imagine, though, doing that when they've had a couple of drinks? I mean, I... I could barely keep my faculties when I've had one drink, right? Let alone imagine, <laughs> imagine trying to do a wrestling match where it's so tightly choreographed. And and it's, we've, I mean, we've seen some horrendous botches, you know. Oh, yeah. Who was it in the women's one? Um, what was it Becky Lynch? She got her nose bust open. We're talking about fine margins, even if they're they're totally sober. Let alone yeah, what could happen yeah. if they're not. The reason mentioning TNA or, or Impact and Hardy's was Matt Hardy. Do you remember his character? I can't remember what they called him, but where he was slightly weird and, and going a bit crazy. And he would the delete, delete, delete. Now, I can't actually remember this because I don't think I ever watched this, but I remember you telling me about his whole storyline like this. Because they then did this grand thing. They would then, they filmed like a match that went through like, I think it was like an abandoned house. And then it was through a field and... And there was a drone. I think he had a drone. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm going to need to look this up. He had a drone that would follow him. And, yeah, it was, uh, there, was, there was a match with fireworks going off. I think they were shooting fireworks at each other, and he was hiding under a boat, uh, a canoe. <laughs> I mean, this is the kind of level of, like I said, insanity we're talking about. But the fun element is what I'm saying I think might be missing, because um, we mentioned it in the last episode but do you remember eddie and chavo yeah yeah the whole yeah. lie we cheat we steal that whole you know when they yeah. came out in those the, low the rider cars but do you know what it is i think as well i think when when wwe have tried to go P- pg obviously they've had to get rid of some of the storylines that they ever they they would have used to touch but i think the reason that people were so invested in wrestling is because they created brilliant storylines and they created characters that you were genuinely invested in similar to reality TV shows. Whereas now, because they've decided to go PG with it, it's more focused on, oh, we're going to try and make this, you know, high-flying and impressive wrestling, which is which is all well and good. However, you've taken out the, the human investment element of it. I'm not invested in any of the wrestlers that they've got nowadays because I don't know who they are. They've not been involved in any interesting storylines, whereas the feuds that they used to have used to be genuinely interesting. Like one of the most iconic feuds I can remember was we talked about evolution. Yeah, yeah didn't we, was when Evolution broke up. It was Batista turning on Triple H. They all broke up because of his world title. And so as a result, that was a brilliant storyline. Similarly, with Randy Orton breaking up with the rest of them, where Triple H turned on him because he won a world title. It was a brilliant storyline. You were invested in the group because they were so good. And you love that. Like with Rey Mysterio, there wasn't a storyline where you didn't like that Rey Mysterio was involved in because he'd been built up to be so brilliant. Whereas now it's like the storylines are so, so poor and they're non-existent almost that you're just not invested in these characters. Again, not, not knowing having too much first-hand experience nowadays. I mean, with me, I'll be honest, probably part of it could be, is it a nostalgia thing? You know, obviously I'm a, I'm a, I'm a little bit older than I was sort of when we were, we're talking about the heyday of it now. Does that play a part? Possibly. Yeah, are they now, Is are the storylines, is the booking not as good as it was? 
everything iconic we've mentioned in the past there, there are so many few and, and you know we can't mention them all but undertaker kane stone cold and rock yeah stone cold and rock i think we said kane and shane mcmahon there's just so many fun characters from the past but now are they yeah generic wrestlers who are gonna fill out the card until sort of the the main event comes on at the end i i, I, I don't know i don't know well, do you know what it is as well? Is I found that WWE, as it started to get into its later years in terms of me personally watching it, were more reliant on like old legends coming back to boost views and boost interest. So it was always reliant on like The Rock having the odd cameo, Shawn Michaels coming back for a match. The Undertaker, in reality, carried the WWE for a really yes. long period <laughs> on its old 50-something-year-old back that was busted to bits. And what they did is I think they relied too much on old characters coming back and old legends coming back that they forgot to build the new ones. And I think that they thought that a John Cena would just come around again or that an Undertaker or that a new stable or whatever would come around again. And they didn't appreciate that they needed to put in work to create that person as opposed to just assuming that somebody would fill the gap, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, you're possibly right. Because I think I mentioned it about Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns. I remember, I remember people hating him. I remember him being booed. He yeah, was, he yeah. was Vince's chosen one, wasn't he? And I think he was being yeah. booed. And and I didn't know why because he's got the look. I thought he moved well. Now I, I I'm not an expert. Maybe he he didn't move that well. Maybe his wrestling wasn't great. Was it that Vince? pushed him too quickly yeah that that's what it was it it was artificial so i don't know if you remember as well there was a period where batista came back to wwe i think it was like 2014 15 period and i'm pretty sure he won a royal rumble and then got booed despite being what was at the time like the face so people should have loved him but they didn't and that's because he's a wrestler that's come back who'd left Nobody really liked him. Nobody wanted him as a face. And then he's been pushed to win the Royal Rumble. It's like that reliance on having a big name has actually inadvertently screwed them over because they've not built someone that the audience will love. They've just decided to push someone because they think nostalgia will be enough to do it. And it's not like, you know, each generation of wrestling fan up until probably 2010 has a set of wrestlers that they loved. Like you will talk about Ultimate Warrior, Hulk Hogan, Macho Man. I will turn around and say Stone Cold, The Rock, Eddie Guerrero, and then if you're kind of further on from that, you'd go on to say your CM Punks and that sort of thing. Whereas now I could not pick any wrestler in reality that has been built to that level. And in reality, even CM Punk had to do the work himself because he was unfavoured by WWE. Well, actually, like I said, I'm, I'm re- been recording Raw. And at the moment, it is still the, the main people that only seem to appear is um, Randy Orton. And this is the thing, you know you know what? Maybe Vince's biggest downfall was allowing the writers to take control because we know that Vince McMahon's definitely not in control of storyline anymore because nobody's shagging corpses or, <laughs> like, you know, doing all of this crazy sex stuff in the middle of a public venue. But you know what it is? Maybe, maybe it is like the lack of controversy in terms of storyline pulling people back in now because in reality, what what are the redeeming factors to watch wrestling again? When you look at the fans that used to watch wrestling, how are you ever going to claw those fans back considering the product that they were used to? When you look at that early two, the 90s, early 2000s period, even into kind of the 2010s, yeah. wrestling was still half decent. But when you look past that, how are you pulling those fans back, the ones that you lost when they were used to the characters like your Stone Colds, like your Eddie Guerreros, even your JBLs, you know, even the mid-card wrestlers at the time, you know, you had people like the Hurricane who were horrifically gimmicky, but brilliant characters. You like them to bolster the rosters. And that's the thing. I just think there's no draw anymore for people to go back to WWE specifically. I think also now, because you've got 
AEW who are now it feels like a fairly credible taking over almost yeah (laughs) you could see them taking over yeah because tna wasn't really and then impact didn't really do it but aew since they've come back and they've got a few of the like the the wrestlers now so we said chris jericho who else is in there oh who's just gone there now i'm gonna get it the wrong way it was one of the ones from the shield dean ambrose i think yeah dean ambrose i think we mentioned cm punk but i'm gonna get it the wrong way because they've changed his name around so it, is it Daniel Bryan or Brian? I think he's now Brian Danielson in that. Yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah. That's it. There. That's it. <laughs> and the thing is, these are wrestlers that people watched in WWE. So I'm like tuning in because I want to see. I've got to get it right away. Brian Danielson in in there because I remember him being in WWE and and, and being good. You know, Dean, Dean Ambrose. So they've now got probably a bit of competition. I mean, Bi- um, Billy Gunn's also signed with um, AEW as well. The ass man himself. Chris Christian is signed with um AEW. I'm actually just having a look at the roster now. Cody Rhodes. That was it. Cody Christian, Rhodes. But yep. he's called yep. Christian Cage. Cody Rhodes is there. Colt Cabana. <laughs> Who was it? I don't know that one. Um, bit of a Dustin Rhodes. Dustin Rhodes is um Gold Dust. Oh yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Used to paint himself yeah, gold. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bit, again, no, bit I, of a strange I mean, Colt one. Cabana, um, did you say? I didn't know who that was. Yeah, oh, Colt Cabana. He also had a, I'm pretty sure he's got a podcast or had a podcast where he used to interview wrestlers. Um, Jack Swagger, but now he's Jake Hager. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. It's basically like they've got a Scrabble board and they've got to make different names out of the same word. Mark Henry, Matt Hardy. It's, it's like um, remembering Pez Soccer where they didn't have the licenses. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, like London Blues and Manchester Reds. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. But yeah, um, I, I, the big show is signed, but under his real name of Paul Wright. Oh, really? It, it, you know what? It, it, again, it's pretty impressive considering how... See, what they're doing, Sting is signed as well. Unbelievable. Oh, blimey. But what they're doing is they're, they're ultimately picking up old talent to bolster the pull, and then they're going to keep with the talent that they're building, if that makes sense. And you know what? It's pretty impressive as well, because nowadays most wrestling promotions have actually got just as big a female rosters as they do men's ones. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Again, you know what? I don't know how we haven't spoken about him and he's not a wrestler, but Jim Ross, commentator. If we're getting into that, you've got Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman, oh, brilliant, brilliant character Paul Heyman was. Actually seems like an arsehole in real life as well, (laughs) but I don't know whether or not he just keeps the character in real life or if that just, you know, it's just him. But that's it. Look at (laughs) us again. We're talking about classic kind of groupings of classic people from the past. Now, my view is I don't think it's necessarily wrong to keep the old guard in. Because, you know, why not make them almost like the mentors? You don't have to necessarily make them wrestle, but why can't they be like the mentors or the like the, the managers of the modern wrestlers? You know, kind of like yeah. Rocky and, and Creed in, um, in, in the new films. <laughs> you know, Rocky mentors Adonis. Actually, you know, we talk about sort of the classics. You've got Charlotte Flair, and we haven't mentioned her either. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't think we even mentioned really Ric Flair as well. No. Um, but, but yeah, it's like, yeah, lineage of like, like imagine turning around and becoming like second generation wrestlers. But there's a couple of families that have been in wrestling. I, I actually think if I remember rightly, I'm pretty sure, do you know, Dominic who we told was involved in the, um, Ray Mysterio. Story oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Dominic Mysterio actually wrestles in WWE. Now I'm pretty sure. Oh, does he? Does he? Yeah. I think it's weird as well because he's like six foot one. So he's obviously not little, <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, he's actually a, a pretty big dude, but I'm pretty certain that he's actually a professional wrestler now. Um, oh, actually, yeah. Yeah. Performs currently signed to WWE where he performs on raw brand. But actually now we're talking about that, that, that whole Eddie thing as well. What I found weird at the time now was 
how they then used Vicky Guerrero. Yeah, yeah, very, very strange. That's odd, isn't that? Wasn't it? That felt again. It just felt uncomfortable, even at the time. I think. Yeah, I, it, but do you know what it was? Is, is they kind of they kind of played on a couple of deaths. I, I don't know if you remember when Eddie died again. Related to they had a storyline between Rey Mysterio, who obviously was Eddie Guerrero's like best friend in WWE, probably you know towards real life as well. They were probably mm. really close. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there was a storyline with Randy Orton afterwards and Randy Orton cut a promo in the middle of the ring where it was like looking at Rey Mysterio and he turned around and he was just like, Eddie's not up there in heaven. He's down there in hell. That's right. Yeah. And they, they justified it afterwards by saying, oh, you know, Eddie would have wanted the show to go on. You know, they wouldn't have minded it. I'm just like, yeah, I know, but like a little bit of respect. Like the guy was actually a fucking legend and you've put a bloke on stage turning around, talking to his one of his best mates in the business about how he's burning in hell. Like it's a li- it is a little bit fucked up. Like it, it, it is exploitation. It's emotional yeah. exploitation, yeah. really. The, the difference being, I kind of almost related it to a soap opera. In a soap opera, they are actors and it's a character opposed to a real person, but Eddie died. And they're yeah, using yeah, his actual exactly. death. It's not like his persona yeah. in the ring died. He died, and then they're using it. It was a commodity. It just shows how much they are then just a commodity. Well, in, in actual fact as well, to get a little bit to the darker side, I don't know if it still works like this, but the last time I heard, I'm pretty sure that WWE wrestlers are like private contractors. So it means that because they're not employees, WWE doesn't have to provide medical insurance and that sort of thing for them. So they get paid as contractors, basically self-employed. They pay for their own hotels, their own travel, all of that nonsense. They pay for their own insurance and all of that sort of thing. Um, And basically it's to get WWE out of cutting the cost for it. Again, don't hold me to the, that's the way that they still do it now. But again, that's the way it was until very, very recently. You know, they've got the whole wellness policy and that sort of thing. But again, it's like, well, you know, you, you practice what you preach, don't you? Like... I mean, I think I think we should look at starting to wrap up, but I know we could probably go on all night. But I was going to ask: was there was there a couple of funny things or, or stand up moments? Uh, there are a couple of funny moments that I know we've spoken about. One is Trevor when Vince storms into the ring and does his quads in. And yeah, he literally. I mean, the guy. Quads. <laughs> to be fair to him, I mean, he st- well he styled it out. He was laying down in the ring, but oh my god. If it was a footballer, even me, they'd be rolling over about twenty times, <laughs> screaming that the whole house down. But he just he just carries on his argument with the wrestlers, whoever it was in the ring at the time, wasn't it? <laughs> The thing is, as well, that was all legitimate. Like he actually was fuming because they botched the ending of the one of the biggest events of the year, and he's run into the oh, ring, ripped right. both yeah. his quads, yeah. and then sat there like a small child because he physically can't stand. But you up. know, he does that walk. It's that walk of his as he's coming down. Uh, and I can't remember the name of the wrestler, but that guy, that guy is just brilliant. What? Please look at it on YouTube. The guy, I think it was in a Royal Rumble, comes running down. And then dives under the ring. He trips. And Titus O'Neil. That's he dives <laughs> under the ring. <laughs> I will never he, he not. Falls, he falls like 20 or 30 feet, doesn't he? And then slides directly <laughs> under the ring. And, and even the commentator's like, oh, shit. <laughs> but proper disappears. It's not like even his, his legs are hanging out. That's one of those videos where if I watch it, I can't just watch it the once. You're watching it on repeat. Yeah, there, there have been a couple of funny moments. I think that in terms of storyline and that sort of thing, I, I always enjoyed um, John Cena's like early appearances in WWE because he, in reality, was was probably the generation that I started to watch wrestling properly, if that makes sense. Like I came just out of like the Rockstone Cold era and kind of into the John Cena era, if that makes sense. And so a lot of the storylines with him I loved. i never forget when he introduced the spinny belt. I went and got. <laughs> yes, I remember of that. you having Brilliant. it. Yes, I remember you having that. Yeah, 
um yeah the, the spinny belts i remember you bought me like a couple of the chains i'm pretty sure i've still got that's them. right yes um, i did yes yes i did i remember i think ordering them from the wwe website i think <laughs> yeah yeah they were they were bloody brilliant i remember yeah john cena was uh was was fantastic i remember there was great memories with that um barring that yeah i mean like there was a couple of royal rumbles that i really really enjoyed again i think i remember eddie guerrero winning that wrestlemania um, I think it was the year before he died, if I remember rightly. I was really, really young at the time. Um, but him winning that WrestleMania was brilliant. And I think we spoke about it in the last podcast because it was like, like you said, the ticker tape yeah, surrounding yeah. the arena. Like He jumped into the crowd to celebrate yeah, with his yeah. mum. And he just I mean, looked, time, obviously looked genuinely happy. You know, it was like, yeah, that, yeah, that's the yeah. thing. It was almost like, it's almost like he wasn't, that, that wasn't an actor. That, he was so happy to have won that belt. But that's the thing as well. Do you know what it was as well back then? It, it kind of almost did mean something because as much as it was all scripted, it was all fake, they genuinely pushed the best talent to the top. Mm, so if yeah. you were good in the ring, you got pushed to the top. Whereas what happened is like titles started to bounce about between people that you genuinely didn't give a shit about who weren't particularly gifted in the ring. And so the value of it was just less. It used to feel like when somebody won a title, it was an impressive feat because they'd finally made it. And then all of a sudden, titles drop and change in a night. And you're like, oh, it just doesn't, there's no Well, and no they often, they no used to change hands. Feeling. Yeah, they often used to change hands in just the normal shows where it felt like, especially for the top ones, that should be it at one of the pay-per-view events. Yeah, yeah. Always, always should have been at a pay-per-view. So I, I think, if I remember rightly, when Edge retired, I think they put the belt on Christian, who was like his partner at the time, and they used him because, you know, but then he dropped the belt like a week later to Randy Orton on Raw. It wasn't even on a pay-per-view. And I just thought, well, what the fuck was the point? Like, you, you just shouldn't have done it. And again, it just devalued the whole product. Absolutely. there was just no reason to be invested. Because, because you should be the best of the best. still weren't going to get rewarded. You should be the best of the best. You should at least hold it for a month, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know, like, bloody hell. I've I've kind of got two more things to say. One is, I think if I was ever a wrestler, which, yeah, obviously that's going to happen. If I was ever a wrestler, the one thing I would say is, or one bit of advice I would give to wrestlers, is if, if your opponent at the end, especially if you've beaten them, offers to shake your hand, don't shake that hand. <laughs> don't shake that hand. They're, they're, <laughs> they're going to they're gonna sucker punch you. I've learned that. Don't shake the hand at the end. It's not many times they're going to lift your hand aloft and turn to the crowd. No, they, they, they've got something underhand brewing there. <laughs> it's true, isn't it? Like, there are so many cliches when it comes to wrestling. And, and you know what? Sorry, just before you go on, maybe that's what it is as well. Maybe there are so many cliches and it is so predictable. That's also why people aren't drawn anymore. Well, if we're talking about unpredictability, then, I, you know, let's not also forget, though, some of the other greats who have been in WWE, like Donald Trump. He, he's won a match, hasn't he? Hasn't Donald Trump won a match? You know what? I'm actually pretty sure you're right. As fucked up as that is, yeah, we've I'm, had, um, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> we've had like David Arquette was in it. Floyd Mayweather. Wayne Rooney, I think, was in the crowd, wasn't they? They wanted Wayne Rooney. What's in it? Triple H was starting on. Uh, I think with Rooney. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Wayne Rooney like bitch slapped um, a wrestler basically <laughs> during like a show in the UK. <laughs> Oh, they had um, Steve-O and Chris Pontius from Jackass were actually 
um, in WWE as well. At one point, they got beaten up by. Do you remember Umaga, who was the guy with the tattoos? Oh yes, yes, yeah. Um, but they actually, apparently, they actually got properly brutalized by him because Steve-O, funny enough, if you want to check this out, has put a video on YouTube about his time in the WWE, and he said that they were really like on drugs, basically, <laughs> when they're at the show. And he said that he forgot when he was supposed to stay still. So Umaga got to the point where he like legitimately beat him up to make him realize that he needed to stay on the floor. <laughs> and he talks about how painful it actually was, like taking legitimate kicks and punches from this humongous guy. Remember, there were stories of a, like, a couple of wrestlers who were actually just assholes and would treat especially new people actually quite roughly and badly in the ring. I think I can't remember yeah, who it yeah. was. Well, actually, one story which actually backfired and it links back to the show that we watched was um, I'm pretty sure it was um, Hardcore Holly. So I think it was in a match with Brock Lesnar. Hardcore Holly sandbagged Brock Lesnar when he was like power bombing him. And mm. sandbagging, again, for anybody who doesn't know the terminology, is where you basically don't work with another wrestler. So all the moves are obviously choreographed. And sometimes, you know, it is as strong as you can be. It's difficult to pick another six foot five bloke up with just your own strength. You need a bit of help from them. So Brock Lesnar went to power bomb him. Hardcore Holly sandbagged Brock Lesnar and refused to go mid move. So Brock Lesnar dropped him on his neck. And I'm pretty sure he broke a vertebrae or like shattered like a vertebrae in his back or neck or something. Um, And and that was it. It Injured almost out. Stone Cold, I mean, actually had had broken his neck. I can't remember how that worked, though, if that was something that somebody had done in the ring. But yeah, there are a couple of instances of people being proper, proper asses. Got it here. Sorry, actually going back. Yes, Donald Trump. So he's had a history. So he hosted WrestleMania 4 and 5 in 88 and 89. Um, at Trump Plaza and after that he he appeared in WrestleMania 7 um, while also being interviewed by former wrestler and politician Jesse Ventura at WrestleMania 20. His contribution to the WWE continued in 2007 when he stepped foot in the squared circle and got actively involved in a storyline called and and this this says it all the battle of the billionaires and it was that <laughs> the deal was that either Donald Trump or Vince would have their head shaved if they if their competitor lost their match at WrestleMania 23. Uh, Trump had Bobby Lashley and Vince McMahon had Umaga with Stone Cold Steve Austin as the special guest referee. Lashley won the match and so McMahon got the haircut, which actually reminds me of another thing I've learned all my years of watching. And if I've wrestled, all my advice is if there if another wrestler is is the referee, that's the longest count to three you're ever gonna get. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually just looking at some wrestlers that apparently are, are supposed to be again asses in real life, um, and there's a couple of instances of like people actually getting like beaten up in locker rooms. So apparently Booker T got the best of Batista. All right, Chris Jericho got the best of Goldberg, which you definitely wouldn't have wow, thought. Because yeah. I'm pretty sure as well um, that they run like um, a kangaroo court where the Undertaker was like the judge, jury, and executioner. So if wrestlers were ever assholes in real life, I think it was The Miz, if I remember rightly, that had to change like, outside of the locker room for like a whole month. Mm. Um, and that was for some behaviour. I think the Hardy Boys got reprimanded because they took Kane's seat on an aeroplane um, and like they were forced to like buy everyone in the locker room booze or something like that. Um, and apparently, yeah, Undertaker was like supreme authority who would impose the sanctions on you. But wasn't there a flight where all hell broke loose and they don't talk about that? Oh, yeah. Wasn't it something to do with Kurt Angle wrestling someone? I, I, got, I can't remember, but I think, yeah, someone obviously started on the other and it's like gone down in history as a flight they don't talk about or something. But yeah, literally sounded like it was an actual like 10, 
twenty man brawl on the flight. Yeah, yeah, where everybody got into it with everyone. Um, but but yeah, I, I actually do think I remember that. I, I think there's probably a couple of podcasts online um, where some wrestlers have probably broken silence on it. Here we go from ProWrestlingStories.com. Yeah, the, the the plane ride from hell. It was in two thousand and two. Oh, it was spell the end of two careers in WWE. And what was the story? So they just finished the tour of Britain with the taping of Insurrection pay-per-view in London. Vince at the time was chartering flights. We weren't on commercial flights. We'd rent a whole plane and they had a 747 all to themselves. So it meant not just the wrestlers, but the whole TV crew were on there. So we have every cameraman, all the girls that make the costumes, tour managers, everybody. Now with that comes a full and open bar. And what I mean by that is a plane filled with alcoholic wrestlers at the end of a grueling tour. So think about it. It's like the last day of school. Uh, let me scoot down a little bit. And then here we go. Yeah, Mr. Perfect versus Brock Lesnar tussle on the plane ride from hell. Kurt Henning and Brock Lesnar were close friends who travelled together, both hailing from Minnesota. But during a long flight, they got restless, leading to what started as a friendly amateur wrestling style takedown t- tussle after Kurt insisted he was a bre- better grappler than the younger Brock. I mean, let's remember, this is on a 747. <laughs> I could barely walk down the aisle and they're, they're having a fight. So I said they weren't fighting at first. They're, they're very competitive. So they're just scraping along, like messing around. And something happened where it got serious. It didn't come to blows. But you know they have, but you know the opening they have on planes, those openings are the emergency exit rows. Now Brock's wrestling shooter and Kurt's a shooter kind, and Kurt's a shooter kinder too. So they took it seriously. They didn't want to give in to each other. They went at it so hard that they almost popped open the emergency exit, 25 to 30,000 feet in the air. Wow. Can you imagine that on on a flight, 30,000 up? Apparently Scott Hall lost consciousness on the plane ride. Could you imagine if they'd have actually bust through the door, the fear that would have been on the person on the ground? Imagine that, getting hit by a fucking Brock Lesnar who's fallen from 20,000 feet. Oh, man. I think, look, I think we I think we better leave it there because um, we're, we're in danger of going on longer than a pay-per-view, I think. so. Yeah, this is like a Tarantino movie, this is. <laughs> I know we've said it before. Yeah, let's, let's come back to it. Let's come back to it. Maybe what we should do, right, maybe we should pick like a WrestleMania. We should watch like a, a WrestleMania from like the mid 80s and then one from the 2000s. And maybe we should compare them. Maybe we should have a look back and see how things have changed and, and, and we'll do our little review on those. Maybe we should do that in the future. Yeah, yeah. We watch, yeah, like a 90s one, a 2000s one and then one from the 2010s and we compare them all and see where they've gone downhill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Is there anything else you want to say on the wrestling before we wrap up? No, no, I don't think so. Have you got any final comments? Oh, just one more. This doesn't matter if you have any final comments. God, I walked right into that. One more thing. The only other one I remember I wanted to, because again, I, I remember him from a game and you talking about Goldberg made me think he does a spear, doesn't he? And Rhino, because yeah. I just remember Rhino had legs the size of about five tree trunks, wasn't it? Yeah, he did. Yeah. He, he, the guy, yeah, man. The guy, yeah. But no, no, I, th- I think that's, that's all I want to say. So, yeah, if, if you've liked the episode, please leave us a review. Get in touch with us. You can contact us at castingviewspod at gmail.com. Give us a tweet at castingviews. And let's hope I don't butcher this like I butchered the introduction. We know there's a lot of podcasts from which you can choose. So we thank you for listening to Casting Views. <music> Thank you.
Hello and welcome to another episode of Casting Views, a podcast where we're going to pick a topic each week. Oh, fuck it. All right. <laughs> it's my turn now, for fuck's sake. Hello and welcome to another episode of Casting Views, a podcast hosted by myself. Oh, fuck it. I said I didn't want to do host. Right. Fuck's sake. We're still going to take 10 minutes. Fuck's <laughs> sake. All right. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Casting Views, a podcast with myself, Dan, and my nephew, Lou. Oh, my God. No, I'm just going to... Do you know what? We're going to go back to how we normally do it. Yeah, all just right? st- stick with the original one, and then you can script one for next week. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Oh, my God. What's the matter with me? Jesus I'm so going to reference this when it starts. 